Kieran, you may not have known this, but we are in the presence of greatness right now because Caitlin <laughs> is officially the Grad Ireland Female Undergraduate of the Year. Isn't that right, Caitlin? Yes. You've just been awarded that. I think that's a round of applause straight off the bat. So congratulations Thank on that. Thank you very much. You know, there's a sort of preconception that you should know what you want to do by the time you get to university. You know, you've chosen your degree, um, so you should be set. Yeah. Um, and it should be a really linear path from there. But, you know... Most students don't have a Scooby. I don't have a Scooby. What I want to do with my life, and that's completely. Me either. I still don't know what I want to do. Yeah, we're all figuring it out. Maybe a podcast. Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) This is it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Queen's University Belfast Life at the Lanyon podcast. For those that don't know, the Lanyon building is the main building at Queen's and it's based right in the heart of our campus. But it's also a landmark building and a beautiful building set in the city of Belfast. This podcast is going to give you a real insight into what it's like to be a Queen student and also to give you opportunity to find out information so that you can make those informed decisions about whether or not you want to come and study with us. My name is Raymond Miller and I am the Undergraduate Recruitment Officer here at Queen's and today's podcast is called Working On It, Finding Your Path to Your Ideal Job. We've got two lovely guests with us today. So we have Caitlin and we have Kieran, and I'm going to let the guys introduce themselves. Yes. Uh, hello, I'm Caitlin and I'm a fourth year product design engineering student. I'm, I'm Karen. I'm a placement officer in Queen's Management School and I look after students who are enrolled on a degree that features a compulsory year in industry. Excellent. Thank you for those introductions. Now, Karen, you may not have known this, but we are in the presence of greatness right now because Caitlin... <laughs> Is officially the Grad Ireland Female Undergraduate of the Year. Isn't that right, Caitlin? Yes. You've just been awarded that. I think that's a round of applause straight off the bat. So congratulations Thank on that. Thank you very much. And we'll talk a wee bit more detail about what that is. Um, but, you know, presence of greatness here. Awesome. Oh, Rockstar alert. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so today's podcast is all about kind of finding your, your ideal job, finding your career path, making yourself more employable while you're at university. And I think the best place to start for that is the Careers Employability and Skills Service at Queen's. So that is a service that is offered to all our students who want to avail of it. And it allows um, our students to kind of find your path to your your ideal job and to make yourself a future-ready graduate. So what does that actually mean? Well, the Career Service have um, what's called a future-ready roadmap. So it's different ways in which they allow you to kind of uh, engage with their service and the different things that they have on offer. So I'm going to go through a few of these. But firstly, there's Discover, which is where you understand yourself and your strengths and what you need to improve. There's Explore, where you would try new things and do different skills and experiences. There's Prepare, which is learning how to promote yourself and your skills. And there's finally, there's Realize, which is making an informed choice about your future. Now, full details are on the Careers Employability and Skills Service website there. Um, so you can look those up. But we're going to talk in a wee bit more detail to both Caitlin and Karen here. So Caitlin, if we go through each of those in yeah. turn, in terms of that roadmap, finding your career path, how did you kind of discover what you were going to do? Was there a kind of a, we have a thing at Queen's called Degree Plus, which helps you kind of discover the skills and the pathway to do. Mm-hmm. Did you take part in Degree Plus while you've been here with us? Yes. So in my second year at Queen's, I 
did the Degree Plus Route B, which is Combined Experience. Um, but I know it's been rebranded now as the Future Ready Skills. Future Ready Skills. Um, Apologies to the Careers Employability <laughs> Skills Service. They'll not, not appreciate that. Yeah, it is now the Future Ready. When I did it, it was Degree Plus. And basically the Combined Experience was I was able to take different uh, activities and programs that I'd done um, to get the certificate. So for me, I, used, um, I was a course rep in my engineering school for two years. Um, and I suppose to, yeah. to help people understand that the, cor- the that part about the course rep is where you kind of um, are the voice for yes. the rest of the students doing that course and you can relay that information yeah, back so to the student officers. Each year it has um, one uh, one student for I think every 30 members of students. Yeah. So it's like proportional. And we go to the student voice committees where we talk to our senior lecturers and staff involved in the education and voice either concerns or feedback about different systems so I did that for my first and second year at Queen's and then I also used my part-time job I tutored maths and English and that also qualified under the degree plus criteria and then I did a women's leadership program as well in my engineering skills so um, I basically filled out a few forms and wrote about my experience submitted that and then within about a month they got back to me and said yep you've qualified for the certificate and then I got it so it's been very good to have on the CV definitely and that is something effectively what Degree Plus the Future Ready Award is is an accreditation for you doing these Mm -hmm. work related activities so there's two ways of doing that at Queen's you can do um, a certain number of hours in a specific skill or um, activity so that could be being a campus tour guide for 40 hours Mm -hmm. or you could do what you did which is you do a number of different activities and you get the combined hours to, to be accredited with the, the certificate. And what it all boils down to is that you're gaining skills, yeah. you're you're doing activities that you kind of enjoy, you're getting paid for doing some of those, I'm sure, as well. Yeah. Um, so by doing all that, that gives you this accreditation, which you can then show to employers. So that is one way in which you can kind of discover your path in terms of employability. The next thing we want to discuss then is explore. So have you had the opportunity yet to kind of um, explore different places or have some study abroad or work abroad programs? Yes, so actually this summer I'm going away to Montreal in Lovely, Canada. Canada. So I got this opportunity through the Go Global Opportunities uh, Department at Queen's. Um, I applied for it last summer and it's a 12-week internship where I get to do some research in engineering. So I will be designing um, like an exoskeleton for children with motor neuron um, impairments. Amazing. And is that is so, that sort of directly related to your course or is this Yeah, something? so it's basically biomedical engineering. So my course is product design engineering, which is very general. So this is an opportunity to, I guess, specialise in an area that I'm really interested in. Um, and I would love to bring that back for my final year because I'm doing a master's next year and I'll maybe do a project related to it. Um, Amazing. So I'm very excited for that. And it's... A program that's partially funded by Queen's, so that's how I got involved, and they've been really supportive in just helping me with you know all the admin and yeah. any questions I have. So it's so been really good. A couple of things yeah. there. I think it's really important for people to know. Um, when you come to university, it's not like school where it's quite scripted. You yeah. the bell rings and you go to certain classes. You do have that ability to go to the career service, find internships. Yeah, you choose different modules that you're doing. So the fact that you have kind of worked your way through your degree and you're now doing a research project that is something you're Mm -hmm. passionate about, you can kind of take whatever path you want in terms of your careers and employability at Queen's, which I think is a really, really strong part of the explore topic that we're talking about here. Definitely, yeah. So I know we haven't done it yet, but what are your 
thoughts about going to Canada? So is it a full year, did you say? Uh, for 12 weeks. For 12 weeks. Um, and what are your thoughts? Have you ever been to Canada? Is it No, I've never been to the States or Canada yeah, before. America, yeah. So it'll definitely be a new experience living abroad for the first time and learning a new culture, you know, settling in. But I am very excited to, yeah. I guess, get to know like a new work. Definitely. Working culture. 100%. Yeah. And those things of learning yeah. the new culture, stepping out of your comfort zone, yeah. again, that can all feed back to making you a more employable individual. Definitely. You know, yeah. so that'll be great. Next thing then is preparing. So within the career service, there is CV support, mm -hmm. careers consultations, one-on-one -on -one kind of appointments that you can go to. Did you do any of those? I suppose, Kieran, that maybe feeds into a wee bit about what you would do. You would kind of meet one-on-one -on -one with students and help them with those sorts of things. Yeah, absolutely. With the students that I support, um, yeah, they can meet with me as many times as they want and we can um, discuss all aspects of their of their career aspirations through all of those lenses that you've yeah. already talked about. That must be quite intense for you at times because you are, <laughs> you're there to facilitate them. So you maybe have some students who are coming once a day and others here maybe well, coming once every couple of maybe, months. Maybe once a day That's is a bit probably, extreme. we might have to have a word at that yeah. point. Um, but it, it varies. Um, you know, I think I think the really sort of important thing about about sort of understanding careers journeys is that it's, you know, it is so individualistic. Um, and, you know, I suppose on the academic side of things, although there is a step from A-levels to degree level where it does become much more sort of self-directed and it's about the student using their initiative much more, it's still a bit of a disconnect between the classroom environment where your curriculum is defined yeah. Um, the coursework is defined. The learning outcomes are all defined in terms of this is what you need to do yeah. to get a passing grade. When we step into that career sort of area, then none of that really applies. Um, so the conversations that I would have with students are are so individualized, yeah. um, which is really nice. Um, but it's important for students to understand that, you know, comparison's the enemy of happiness in a lot of ways and that, you know, it's the best thing is to focus on your own journey and not to look mm. at what others are doing because that can not necessarily give you the right message. Or 100%. And that's yeah. so true when it comes to looking at careers. But equally for our students who are listening or watching this, mm -hmm deciding what course to go for Absolutely. even some people maybe just be deciding um what a levels to choose don't focus on what your friends are doing look at your needs look at what you yeah. want to do and just fully go for it um so no definitely great advice there sticking on that kind of prepare theme what sort of things did you do um through the career service to help you prepare for for a career caitlin yeah so i guess in my first year i actually just went to the placement fairs i wasn't I, I knew I had a placement year to do within engineering. It was going to be taken in my third year. So I wanted to get a feel for what companies were out there, what kind of industries I might be interested in. Yeah. Um. So I would go to them. They run in at the, in first semester and second semester. Um, but once I got to my second year, we actually had an employability module with um the careers consultant, um it, Patricia. And we also had Lindsay, who was our, at the time, our engineering careers consultant. So they ran a module for one semester. Yes. And that's how I got involved in using like the one-to-one -one, um, appointments. They were really helpful whenever I wanted to apply for a placement. I would, you know, send them my cover letter. They would read through it and then we'd chat through it if there was any changes or, you know, something they felt I was maybe missing compared to like the job description. So it was really good to get feedback. Definitely. Oh, my work, I, that I think way. what's really yeah. good what you did there was what you said it. you went in first year you went straight away yeah. to start thinking about your career service because you know I see it being around campus and being not that I work directly for careers but you see students who 
get to their final year and they're like, oh my word, what am I actually going to do here? But if you've gone through the programs and the processes from first yeah. year, if you go to the career service on day one, they will help you through all these things that we're talking about. They will help you with the Future Ready Award, any volunteering, any global yeah. opportunities. They'll help support your CV, have one-on-one -on -one consultations and the placement fairs that you talked about as well. So through your time using the career service, yeah. slowly but surely you will make yourself more yeah. employable. And that, I think that's probably been the case for you. Would yeah. you say that? Makes it less intimidating, I think, as well. You know, that's why I went in first year so that I wasn't almost like panicking in the years to come. Like I was really used to like going in, like seeing the different companies and even just like chatting to them. Yeah, so. no, it's really, really important to do that. Okay, I want to move on now, Karen, and chat a wee bit mm -hmm. about your role specifically. So we've spoken there about the career service at Queen's, which is open to mm -hmm. anyone, but your role is a wee bit more bespoke, whereby you work for an individual school at Queen's. Mm -hmm. um, and again, for those that maybe are, are understanding the lingo here, at Queen's we have faculties, schools, and then courses. Um, so if you wanted to study business management, for example, that's within the Faculty of Arts, Humanities, and Social Sciences within Queen's Management School, and then that's the course that you can study. So uh -huh. a placement officer within the Queen's Management School, Kieran, what's, what's your role in essence? So my role is essentially to guide students um, from the moment they walk through our doors um, on their journey towards securing a sandwich placement um, and right through that um, until final year, essentially, um, when we hand them over to, to the, the careers team um, who will support them on their graduate journey. Um, so th that support, um, it, you know, it takes a number of different forms. Any student who is on one of our programs has a compulsory year in industry, which means at year two, there's a year long prep module that they must, um, attend, um, beyond that, then there's a module at year three. Um, so if you go on a placement through our school, um, the chances are that it will be assessed. Um, and in some cases it will be worth quite a lot of academic credit. Um, so it's a really good way to bolster your degree. Um, in, in that sense. So I suppose in essence there, you support a student who comes in on day one. In their second year, they'll do some preparation for what will be we'll, we'll do, a placement in third year. Yeah, and we'll, maybe, we'll even do some prep in, in first, first year. year as well. The earlier, the better. Yeah. Um, you know, you've already mentioned it. Um, and Caitlin, it was something that you did really well yeah. was engaging as early as possible. Um, you know, there's this sort of preconception that you should know what you want to do by the time you get to university. You know, you've chosen your degree, um, so you should be set. Yeah. Um, and it should be a really linear path from there. But, you know, most students don't have a Scooby. I don't have a Scooby. What <laughs> I want to do with my life? And that's completely... Me either. I still don't know what I yeah, want to do. Yeah. We're all figuring it out. Maybe a podcast or maybe, who knows? Yeah, maybe. Maybe after this. <laughs> this is it. Maybe. Um, but, you know, a large part of success on finding a placement, just like finding a job is you know understanding what makes you tick um what do i enjoy what kind of environments do i thrive in what do i not like is as important as knowing what you do like so that stuff takes time um you can't it's not just like flicking a light switch if you have if you're not used to thinking that way you can't just suddenly start thinking that way and unpack all that so the earlier the students engage with us ideally in first year the longer we have to unpack those things by the time the student gets to year two they've got more of a sense of what they what they're targeting and then we can start to do that work on 
developing that CV, um, learning how to tailor your applications to the requirements of different posts, which is a really important part of the process. We look at interview preparation. If students have to navigate online tests, which can be part of, mm. of recruitment processes, we have resources and we can instruct and guide on how to navigate those. Assessment centers, the same thing. So essentially anything to do with a recruitment process, we can, we can prep students for and support them on that. Additionally, um, a lot of my job is engaging with employers, um, not just in the UK and Ireland, but also in Europe, um, in, in China, and, and trying to bring opportunities to our students. Interestingly there, you're saying you know, people don't realise that they have to kind of do some things that they're not comfortable with, do some mm -hmm. things that they are, and work out what makes them tick, as you said there. Um, I think maybe where the disconnect comes sometimes is you have quite vocational degrees out Absolutely, there. Yeah. You know, you have your medicine, dentistry, nursing, teaching, and those are very clear, clear cut. Whereas other programs and courses can kind of lead you through this journey to wherever, whatever career path you want. So I think it's interesting that, you know, students watching this, you don't have to have that clear career path in mind. We will help form and shape that as you go through your program and as you go through the, the services that we Absolutely. offer. Absolutely, yeah. Students will hear a lot of jargon around placements, internship, work placements, work experience. Could you kind of summarize those and what they are and which one is I'll do my best. best. Um, <laughs> I'm still getting my head around it. I've been yeah. working in placements for, for about 12 years and it can still be a bit of a minefield in terms of, of jargon. Strictly speaking, a placement is, um, you know, it's, it's work-related learning. So it would be, you know, a period of working that forms part of your course so there would be academic credit available for it it would be assessed yeah. now that can be in the form of a sandwich placement which is you know a minimum of nine months usually if we're talking about the uk or it can be shorter um it could be a three-month placement as part of a postgraduate program for for example but we refer to those as placements when they're incorporated into the degree program and when they're assessed and they're recognized yeah. on the transcript so in the same way you would do a module in a particular area the, yeah. the placement counts as a module that you do across a year yeah. potentially and you get assessed on yeah. that. Yeah, I think exactly. that makes sense. Now, internships, Inter yeah. um, again, this term is probably thrown about with a wee bit more sort of, you know, looseness. Um, sometimes in the UK and Ireland, we talk about an internship. We're talking about maybe uh, a placement that isn't quite nine months. So it could be something that's four or five months. Sometimes okay. people refer to those as internships. But generally, I would say that an internship is just a structured sort of program that's designed to complement study, not necessarily incorporated into the program. However, if you step outside of the UK, then internship is a placement. So okay. again, everywhere else in the world, we talk about internship. And if I talk about, if I'm talking to an employer in France, for example, which I do regularly, if I start talking about placements, they don't know what I mean. What they would refer to a placement as is a compulsory internship. Okay. So, you know, the language depends on who you're talking to. And, essentially. Where, you, and where you are. But yeah, and where you are. But a good rule of thumb, placements built into your degree um, and it's assessed is, is a good way. Work experience is going to be something that's short term, that's designed to deliver an insight into a company or into a profession. It's not necessarily something that's going to be a real substantive piece of experience, you know, like six months or something yeah, like that that wouldn't be a work experience and i suppose our listeners a lot of them will be at school currently and their careers teachers will be trying to get them to do work experience and it's exactly that it's a wee bit of an insight yeah. into a career that you want to do 
But then when you come to university, the placements are assessed, as you've just explained there. So thank you. I think, I, I think the important thing for, for young people is not to get too hung up on yeah. that. If you're doing something, you're doing well. Get yourself out there and yeah. see what makes you tick. The placements that you can organize for mm-hmm. students, they can be local, GB based, UK based and further afield. Is that kind of, it could be anywhere across yeah. the world? Um, so essentially um, within reason. Yeah. Anywhere, anywhere in the world. Um, so personally, I look after um, international business students. Um, I think we'll have one in, a, a graduate in the room. Um, pr- producer Isabella. Yeah. I've seen on a previous podcast, she was a, a placement student with yourself. Yes. Um, so basically on that program, we would expect that students spend some time in the country where, you know, whose language you're studying. So if you're studying international business with French, we want you to go to France um, for a minimum of six months. Um, and a lot of students choose to spend those six months um, in a work placement because that's what we ask them to do. Ideally, it'll be spent working. We will allow students to study for a little while for a semester, but ultimately we want students to go and, and, and experience working life in, in that country. Um, so yeah, France, Germany, Spain, um, we get the occasional student that studies Mandarin that comes onto the program. Um, the occasional student that studies Portuguese. We do send students to America. We send students to Canada um, as well. And occasionally, you know, we will send students to Eastern Europe, depending on what their needs are, what their own nationality is. So, yeah, pretty much, you know, big chunk of the world. Yeah, no, that's good. It's good to have that kind of scope to kind of Mm -hmm. go different places within reason. And a couple more sort of queries. You work, as we mentioned, within the management school at Queen's. Yeah. There are placement officers in different schools across the university, I'm assuming, and they do the same sort of job. So it won't be in every school uh, across the university, but quite a lot of them will have placement officers. Yeah, any 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 school that has got programs that feature a sort of a, an integrated year in industry as part of it will yeah. have a placement officer. But even the schools that don't, I mean, the career service can will do a mega job in yeah. prepping you for that too, um, you know. It's it's not a lesser service. They're yeah. phenomenal at what they do. So any student should be touching base yeah. with the so career service. I guess to kind of summarize that, if you're looking at a course or a program that doesn't have a, if it does have a placement year attached to it, great. You're going to have a placement officer that will help you with that. If it doesn't, you can go to the career service and they have people who will help you find a placement if that's the route you want to go down. In terms of your experience mm-hmm. then, Caitlin, you went on a placement as yes. part of your course. So remind us again what your course is and what you did for your, your placement year. Yes, yeah, so my course, Product Design Engineering Sandwich Year. So that's also terminology that sometimes comes up. For engineering is sandwich year, just means you take a placement year in between your studies. So I did two years of studying, took a year out for placement, and then I was back for two years to study. So I took my placement in Block Blinds in Macrofelt, and they are a window blinds company. And I worked with the research and development team, uh, which is also their engineering team, um, where I did a lot of design and testing for their products. And yeah, it was really enjoyable. Um, any any challenges? Like, was it challenging? Obviously, you're going to have got a lot out yeah. of it, but would, you know, did you did you breeze in and... And do it, or did you find it was difficult at the start, or how, how was well? Your I didn't freeze in. I definitely, yeah. you know, whenever you try something new, there's always going to be a bit of like that challenge of just settling in, finding your feet. You know, what is my role? How do I fit in within this team? So, the company is a small to medium enterprise. So I was actually only in a team of six people, which is quite small, I think, for engineering. 
um, companies but it was great because then I got to know my co-workers and I was giving, given like more responsibility I guess yeah. through the role it wasn't like they just put me in the corner and told me to like print out stuff like yeah. I was actually getting stuck in I suppose because um, you're on a small team yeah. there probably any good skills and capabilities that you have were able to shine through quite easily whereas if you're in a big big massive team yeah, you might kind of go unnoticed so that yeah. probably allowed them to give you extra responsibility, which is what you want to do in a placement year. You want Definitely, to like do yeah. as much as you can. So did you have any kind of big projects that you had to do or what were your big, what was the big skill or, or thing you took away from doing your placement? Um, so I think working within like industry. Yeah. So whenever you come from university and just studying for, you know, seven or nine years that up until that point you don't really know how your degree is going to fit into like the working world sure so that was a really big takeaway about how do businesses function so even though I was in the engineering team I got to work with supply production marketing finance and it was just really in a like an enriching time to just learn about different roles because for engineering you can go into like various things if you want to go into management or supply or manufacturing so I definitely learned a lot more and I saw a lot more opportunity for my career from that, um, which is very Brilliant. good. Sounds yeah. like a really good experience. Yeah. Um, are, you, are you still in contact with them or, you know, did you kind of make friends from it? Or, you know, was there co-workers there that you're still in contact with? Yeah, I got along with like my co-workers yeah. and like I've been in contact this year. I had to do some like interviews for like a different course I'm doing to get some like industry insights so it was really great I could contact my manager and just ask her like do you mind if we sit down and have a chat about like your career pathway and how you got there and they've always said you know if I need anything or need any you know any advice they're more than you happy to back, yeah. if I reach out so it's great to have like those contacts in industry excellent good you work yeah. sounds like a really good experience um okay so on this podcast we like to do a little section called Mythbusters. So I'm going to give you guys a couple of myths and you have to tell me whether or not you think they're kind of true or false. So the first one, and you've kind of alluded to it here, okay. Caitlin, but placements have to be with large corporations. So I'm guessing you would say no to that one. Yeah. Well, I I think it's it's up to personal preference. You know, like I've got friends that they went to really big corporations and they loved it because there was so much structure in so many different teams and you know, it was very vast and they really loved that high paced, you know, work environment. Sure. And then there was like some myself that went with the local company and I got to, you know, I was like, I felt like I was giving back to like the local economy as well by working locally and getting to know people within the community. So it just is personal preference, yeah. you know, what you want from your job. And Kieran, would you would you find that some people prefer to go to Burger? Absolutely. I think look, Caitlin Caitlin's answered the question for me. Yeah. It, it depends on the individual. There isn't better and there isn't worse. It's it's all about fit. Um, if you are a person that sort of thrives on that structure, um, then yeah, maybe maybe a larger um corporation it may be for you. And that's not always true, you know. Yeah. Um and at the same time, if you do enjoy that freedom or you want a more diverse experience, then sometimes an SME might be, might be the shout for you. But again, it depends. SME, small, uh, small to medium, medium yeah. enterprise. enterprise yeah. um, but I think, you know, the only focus on large corporations is, you know, doing yourself a disservice. You know, they they only make up a small part of the whole labor market. It's like, mm. hopefully you can see in the room, you know, we've got these two big giant banners in here and you know your attention shifts towards them and you gravitate towards them because they're there but ultimately they only make up a really small part of the room and if you're spending all your time looking in there 
then you miss what else is going on in the room. Yeah. And there are tons of amazing opportunities with SMEs um, who won't be SMEs forever yeah. as yeah. well, who are growing, who are doing exciting things that you might not necessarily have heard of before. So I think it's really important to have that open mind, um, to be pragmatic when it comes to assessing opportunities and not just to be drawn by a name that you recognize because when you actually look at that in detail, what do you actually know about that organization other than the brand that you recognize? That's what's really important to explore and to, to find out more about things before committing to that yeah. decision. Definitely. And that's that's something you have the freedom to do at university and you've got that support in place yeah. with careers that can help scaffold that whole process for you. Yeah. So next one is placement years are expensive. What do you reckon, Kieran? So no, if anything, they um, most of the time will give you an opportunity to sort of claw a few pounds back. Um, you know, we won't approve a placement that is unpaid. Um, typically, placements tend to be very well paid because it's a competitive market. And, you know, our average salary within our schools probably about 20 grand for the year. Um, but it can go as high. We've had outliers that are sort of closer to 50 grand. You know, you decide to go to London and do investment banking or whatever. Wow. There's some outrageous <laughs> salaries on offer. Um no, that's not typical yeah, for anybody yeah. listening. You're not going to get <laughs> yeah. 50, 50 grand in your pocket just, you know, for going out for a year. Yeah. Um, but look, generally, you know, you pay a lot in fees. Um, this is a chance to earn a few pounds back. Um, and, you know, financially, that's a good thing. But then also in terms of what it does for, you know, for your for your academic studies as well um it can be it can be really valuable in that sense so no um not expensive for the most part um if you decide that you're going out to europe or globally then there can be some relocation costs associated with that for sure whilst we have got some funding in place through certain schemes we can't cover everything yeah so if you are deciding to go out internationally then you know that is something that you have to consider but again your your placement will always be paid um and yeah usually certainly in the uk and ireland paid very well brilliant so absolutely no to that one it's not expensive it actually gives no. you some money back Gail, i'm gonna yeah. come back to the the grad ireland yeah. female gra undergraduate of the year so okay. it looks to me like all that experience you've had while you've been here at queen's has kind of culminated in you getting that yeah. award so for those that maybe don't know um can you kind of explain what that is and how yeah. the process came about as to how you were nominated and then awarded yeah. it. Um, well, I guess I'll run through it like chronologically. That's just yeah, how yeah. my brain works. Yeah. But um, I found out about the Undergraduate of the Year Awards through uh, just social media, through the career service. So I went onto the website and just read through the different categories. There was ones for engineering, sustainability, innovation. But the one that really stood out for me was female Undergraduate of the Year. So they gave like a brief description of what they were looking for, the kind of experience that the candidate might have and it really was just through all the experience I'd gained through my time at university and um, doing some leadership courses taking on some roles like the course rep or um, doing some I did like a business uh, module on the side with the enterprise issue in Queens and I just felt like I think like I have something Definitely. to give 100%, you know and You've put a lot of time and effort into doing all those yeah. things and you've made yourself more employable. So to get that extra recognition, why not go yeah, for it? Yeah, I just thought, I, I actually knew a girl who went with the UK Undergraduate of the Year Awards a few years ago and she actually won it. And I chatted to her just, you know, it. I think there's a lot of value in chatting to people that are a few years above you, maybe in the same degree or, or doing something that you're also interested in. So I kind of bounced a few ideas off of her and said, like, is it worth applying for it? I'm not really sure. 
I honestly didn't expect to win like at all. I was just, I was like so shocked and pleasantly surprised. And was there so, a big award ceremony? Did you get to go yeah, out for dinner so and stuff? The stages were like a written application. I did the psychometric testing. So um, as Kieran had mentioned, you know, the placement officers in my second year, we actually went through that. So I had some experience in just practicing for them. So that was very useful. And then I had to do an online interview with the sponsor company that was sponsoring this award. And then I got called back as one of 10 finalists. So we went down to Dublin to the Aviva Rugby Stadium. Oh, brilliant, yeah. And we had a lovely lunch. They just announced the winners there. So you really didn't know until like At that all, moment, yeah. you know. It was, Did you get any good reaction videos of your like, oh, I think it was fun, but like, honestly, I was just like, oh my, like what? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was such a shock, but I was so grateful for it. Um, because the, I guess winning this award, what does that mean? It wasn't, it wasn't like I just won money or anything. It was actually, it's an opportunity to be mentored for one year. So the company that sponsored me is Diageo, which is, you know, a global company and, um, they're, they've got so much, you know, experience and so many leaders. So, it's really like a leadership mentorship program I've now Brilliant. got for my final year, which will be great to really hone in like what I want to do when I graduate. So I think yeah. it's just like <laughs> the perfect example of when you come in in first year and you take a chance on some of the programs that the career yeah. service office offer, sorry, that one thing can lead to another, can lead to another, which has led to you winning to an award, which has led to you getting even more mentorship, yeah. which will, you know, that all those steps are just going to put you in such good stead for a, I'm sure an amazing future yeah. career. So again, well done for that. It's Thank you really, so really much. Good, uh, achievement. What's really sort of great about it, and w you know, which is sort of something that everyone should be mindful is, this was all thanks to you being proactive, um, and thanks. you know, using using your initiative. <laughs> yeah. You went out and you made those things happen. You had those conversations. You submitted those applications, and that's probably the m most important quality that you can develop as a university student is the ability to sort of be proactive. Because when you come to uni, you know nobody sort of force feeding you things. Yeah. Um, we'll lay it all out for you, but ultimately it is up to, to you as an individual to explore that and to make use of it. Um, and again, you know you might not know where to start, but the best place to start is just by going and asking someone in careers, and from there. You'll, yeah. you'll be signposted to whatever you need, but it has to start with, with you as an individual. And the thing as well, like not to be too intimidated, you know, like it's very mm. easy. I know when I came in in first year to see a final year student and I was like, wow, like they've done so much. And, you know, you're like, I only have like three or four years at university. How do I make the most of my time? I think that was what I was thinking when I arrived. But I think it's just breaking it down and taking those little steps and just doing a few things to start off with. And that helps you like build a bit more confidence and to doing something that isn't related to your degree. Because then that's what makes you stand out when you go to apply for jobs is you've got your degree and different experience. So yeah. it shows you're more like well-rounded. Amazing. I was going to ask you guys for some final thoughts, but I think what you've both just said is is perfect <laughs> because, um, you know, you've succinctly said there, you know, stepping out of your comfort zone, taking that chance and um, taking those opportunities when they come your way. And I think slowly but surely as you go through university, you will if you take those opportunities, make yourself more employable. Yeah. yeah, I think I think those opportunities that is that is the the value of a university education. A degree earns you the right to submit an application mm. for a job, but rest assured that everyone else who applies for that job will be carrying a similar piece of paper. So, what is it that makes you stand out? Um, you know, that time spent at university, exploring different things, meeting different people, building up your experiences, building up your skills building up your network 
those are the things that will help to set you apart when it comes when it comes time for you to compete against other people that have been through that process. That is, there's so much value in that, and to sort of be solely focused on getting a first, you know, um, or getting the best grade possible, is to an extent to miss the point of what university is all about. Yeah, that is a huge yeah. part of it. You got to do you well gotta in do your that. studies, you do that, but, but there's so yeah. much value in no the rest better. of it. There's so much value in the career service, yeah. um, and you know, certainly at first year, you know, the majority of first years don't engage with the career yeah. service we know this you know about 60 percent of first years don't go near the career service um make that make that a port of call you know in your in your induction week first port of call go go and meet the career service and good things will stem from there and then it's just about yeah. consistency and application and you'll be flying by the time you walk out here amazing i mean if yeah. you're not inspired now to go and see the career service i don't know what else will, will make you do that guys yes. thank you so much for joining us today it's been so insightful and really really helpful um, if anyone has any questions or queries about the, the career service at Queen's or about getting a placement at Queen's University, then please get in touch with us. Uh, our email address is studentrecruitment at qub.ac.uk and I can pass on any queries or questions to the guys. Um, hope you enjoyed finding out about uh, the path to your ideal job. And if you have any questions, as I say, get in touch. And we hope to see you on the next episode of the Life at the Lanyon podcast. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much Cheers. for having us. Thanks for having us. <laughs> See you later. Yes.